The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Coming to you from the betting deck. Don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. Jenks! Sideline! Touchdown! Unbelievable! Smitty and Q. Hey, good evening, everybody. It's the boys here at Notebook Ragering. We have uh, at Smitty Bucks, at JCam, and myself, if you follow Matt. Uh, we're missing Q tonight, so I'm going to try to steer this rickety old ship. We're going to go over a little uh, NFL draft recap. We're going to hit some hits, some misses, some booms, busts. Maybe throw in a little bit of futures bets. We might even jump to a little derby. And we're also going to jump to a little bit of this big-time NFL news that's been looming around. You guys got anything to jump out real quick on the uh, draft? I'm still I'm still here. The Steeler draft did not break me. Did not break <laughs> me. I survived the weekend. I, I listen, I survived the weekend. I'm okay. Everybody I know is worried about me, but we'll get in. I had a good conversation with a guy from my hometown. We were going back and forth. I mean, in a very in a good way. I mean, it was nothing uh, disrespectful to because I really respect his opinions and I think he respects mine, or maybe he doesn't, but uh you know, but I did survive the Steeler draft. So, well, Smitty, one thing I'll do is uh, later on when we get into this, dig into this draft stuff. I'm gonna do a little. I came up with a little question scenario, question answer scenario for for you to see if you want to touch on the old Steelers. <laughs> nice. You know, you know, I'll have an opinion on it. I usually. Have oh yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Kaminsky, well, one thing I like to to you. Yeah, I'd like to thank the city of Cleveland for ruining the chances of any Northeast city from ever hosting the draft again. They, those guys looked like they were freezing while they were doing the picks. I don't know if you saw the college game day crew on Friday night, but they had the gloves out. There was like no shame anymore. It was that cold that they were like, whatever you can give us to stay warm, we're going to take it. So yeah, you won't I think see somebody had Pittsburgh. On at one point. You won't see Buffalo. You know, anywhere that's not indoors in the north is not going to get the, the draft award. Of course, it's heading to Vegas next year. I don't know if they're going to be as grand with the plans as they were originally two years ago with the gondolas and, uh, at um, the Bellagio, but uh, they'll be in Vegas. That would be crazy, uh, especially I, as I big as uh, draft gambling has gotten. Yeah, I think that's the next move. I think that would be awesome if they built a stage on the, the Bellagio Lake. It's Vegas, All right, right? So you got to do it big. Oh, yeah. All right, well, let's dig in here. Well, uh, I, I came up with two little quick scenarios. Let's do uh, let's do three picks you loved, and then we'll go to three picks you loathed. So I'm, I'm sure we're going to have some double ups here, but I'm going to go to uh, a quick three picks that I love, and I'm sure we'll probably steal a little bit of each on other's thunder. So off the top of my head, I came up with my number three favorite pick was Panay Sewell to the Lions, who – in my opinion, didn't have to do anything except sit where they were, and they landed the best offensive lineman to rebuild their culture. And if you guys and anybody listening saw, you saw how excited the GM and the coach were to actually get this guy. Second pick for me was Mac Jones to 15, the Patriots. Oh, lo and behold, the Patriots strike gold again on paper for now. Um, they, too, another team that just had to sit tight 
and just wait and not not overanalyze things. And my last pick was actually my favorite. And I'm a little bitter about it because I believe my Washington football team should have pulled the trigger on this guy. And I'll come up with a scenario here real quick. So Christian Derisaw slid to 23 to the Vikings. And in my opinion, they cleaned up by adding more picks, stockpiling, rebuilding a really uh, average O-line. And I think they've beefed it up a lot. And one thing that we're going to talk about is future bets. I might actually put a little bit of money on Dalvin Cook to win a rushing title this coming year behind this new O-line. They were my winners of the draft so far. But there's a, a lot of good teams, I think, that came away with some stellar draft picks this year. Jay Cam, what do you got? You know, just looking at it, um, it was interesting that people went up for Justin Fields. Uh, and the Bears kind of basically just appeased all their fans. I don't even think that pick was anything about on the field. I think that was literally just to get the heat off their back. So for them to kind of just sneak in there and make that after like no rumors of them really go moving up was pretty interesting. Um, I think, you know, you mentioned Derisaw falling that far to a team that really needed him and the Vikings being able to stockpile. Draft picks was excellent. Um, and then I think you look at uh, Rashawn Slater for the Chargers, a team that desperately needs offensive line help. You know, there's a lot of pieces there. It's always a team when you're looking at them, you know, every weekend, you kind of wonder why they're not better than they are. And that seems like a piece that's going to help a lot of things, uh, especially his versatility. So they can kind of move him around and plug whatever hole they're going to have. And they always seem to have holes up front. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of agree with Jason there. I kind of, my third Matt, I kind of like both. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put two in there. I like Darisaw. I, I was really hoping. I mean, that was, I believe, that was one pick away from the Steelers, and I was okay. really shocked at. I mean, Minnesota doing a great job moving back in the draft and then and then getting them. I mean, it was one I think away from the Steelers. I re- really high on that kid. And then what Jason said too, uh, Slater that went to uh, the Chargers. I think that was a, a great pick. Um, I like Parsons out of Penn State going to Dallas. I think I think he's going to be really really good. And Dallas again uh, with Lee retiring, and then I don't think the the other uh, linebacker out of Boise State. I think they didn't pick up his option on his fifth year because he's had some injuries too. So yeah, they've been. I think Parsons was a great that. pick. And, yeah, but I mean, just and again, a great talent, but it just seems like he's and Sean Lee was man, Sean Lee was great when he was healthy for Dallas, it just could never stay healthy. I mean, that was the bad thing. And same with you know, that guy right there, uh, same thing I think is ha- happening to him. And then I'm going to go back with Matt uh, Sewell out of uh, Detroit. I, I just think what a steal. I, and you, like Matt said, the excitement out of the coaches in the war room there to get him. And I just like the philosophy. You got a guy that is just a stud on the line and trying to change the culture there. And you have someone that could be on that line for 10 to 12 years. So great job, Detroit Lions. And that's shocking that I'm saying that. (laughs) So I I completely agree with everything you guys said. And I love what the Chargers did, especially because they grabbed Asante Samuel in round two. I mean, they they killed their draft. They hit two must-needs for their division and for a run game and protecting Herbert. Uh, I think them, the Miami Dolphins, and I, I still like what the Vikings did a lot. And of course the Patriots probably are my three big winners. There's a couple other teams too that I, I can't complain. 
and I really think there was only three teams that just messed up badly. And two of them were because they only had three or four picks. So that's the Texans and the Seahawks. But I think the Raiders, again, missed the boat. Uh, they're they're going to be on my loathe list here. Well, you mentioned the Seahawks, though, but if you put in Gabe Jackson into this draft and you put uh, Jamal Adams into this draft, it's a pretty good draft. Like, that, those were two huge – Jamal Adams was their, by far their best defensive player last year, and they got an extra year of him. Think about, I mean, they gave up a lot to get him, but when he was on the field, they were a competent defense. When he wasn't, they got picked apart, at least before they got Carlos Dunlap. And uh, getting Jackson from the Raiders was a steal. Uh, I can't believe more teams weren't in on him. And it's going to really help what they want to do, which is run the football and, you know, protect Russ uh, down the line. So Seahawks draft, I don't think it's bad, but you look at the three guys they taken, they took, it, it was really not that impressive. Like they didn't find a, a guy who's going to help them this year, I don't think. I guess the uh, the left tackle they drafted late, I want to say the fifth round, is probably their highest upside guy that they really like. I guess he slipped maybe for a medical reason, and I, I, I'm pretty sure I heard it on the way to the gym tonight, but I didn't hear what the actual reason was. Yeah, that seems to be a common theme that when guys fell, it was because of injuries. Like they just didn't have good medicals or they didn't trust what they had and they fell pretty far down the board. There's a bunch of undrafted free agents, uh, like we were discussing on text, that are guys you would have thought would have went day one or day two that are sitting there on UD uh, contracts right now. I kind of like what Miami did. I mean, again, I think Miami's been so smart with getting all the picks and they were really good last year. I mean, I like Waddle. Phillips, you know, the edge rusher, if he can stay healthy. is I mean, he did retire at one point, and now he's back. So if he can stay healthy, I think that. I'm looking on a site right now. I mean, they had Waddle at the, on the number six overall. Phillips was 18. The kid they got out of Oregon, Holland, the safety, they had at 36. Uh, Eckenberg, the offensive tackle out of Notre Dame, they had at 42 there. So, I mean, you're looking at that. I mean, that's Hunter Long, the tight end out of Boston College. They had it at the 81 pro, um, prospect on this. Now, this is one site. I mean, it's. I, I think it's – do you guys enjoy – I love going from site to site because one team – one site has a team like an A minus, and then you go on another site, and then they're like a C minus. And Mel Kuyper yeah. kills the Steelers every year. Like, he has them like an F every year, <laughs> which is funny. So – yeah, I, I the, those two draft picks that Miami got in the second round, the tackle and the safety, man, those are those are true team builders right there. Now I guess Holland's not um, exactly the smoothest out there, but I, I think he's a tremendous athlete to get where they got him. I mean, he was he was mentioned in the round one, so it makes sense where they took him, and that tackle's a, a phenomenal pick too. He's getting rave rave reviews. And I really like the Jets. I mean, I, I like Zach Wilson. I think he has a little swagger. I, I hope he does well. Then they got Tucker, the, the offensive guard out of USC. Then uh, Moore, the wide receiver out of Mississippi. Uh, the running back Carter out of North Carolina. Then they want you know some safety help, some secondary. I mean, they want a lot of secondary. Safety, safety, cornerback, safety, cornerback. So, I mean, I kind of like that draft. I mean, I think Tucker – uh, you know, Slater, Dershaw, Tucker, Stud, guys. You know, you know, we were bragging up. Now I'm going to forget his name off the top of my head because I'm throwing all these names. Uh, the kid out of Oklahoma, Jenkins. Because I was shocked how he kind of dropped. And then I read the next day that supposedly he has some hip issues that I did not know about. Who is that yeah, you were talking no, about? 
Jenkins, the kid out of Oklahoma State. Okay. Because I was really, you know, he was there. And, but then the next day I read that and somebody said that there was some medical on him that, you know, was, I guess, leaked out a little bit. It was some hip and some knee. And I was a little surprised, but I loved all the offensive line guys in this draft, but I'm an offensive line guy. I believe in the line and. I was going to be funny and say my favorite pick was Najee Harris out of Pittsburgh. So, <laughs> so you you want you want to touch on my uh, scenario I wanted to give you? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, okay. Okay. So, I read a lot of great points, and I I, I was on board with you as to why the Steelers should not take Najee Harris in the first round, and I'm still going to stick to my guns and say they shouldn't have, because I still think they should have went best O line on the board. I think they should have traded up to get Darisol when he started to slip. And then round two, I know uh, Friar Muth hits a, he, he checks a box. They, they need a tight end, but they could have grabbed the Hunter long kid in round three. And, and then the running back Carter down there as well, as you saw that he slipped, I, I think they could have reworked what they did in a different way, but I, I do like what they did, especially if the tackle works out that they drafted and I'm hearing a lot of good things about them. I, and I think they, they kind of panicked a little bit because I heard they were really high on that Jackson Carmen from Clemson. And then the Bengals stole him a couple picks before him. And I get Friar move, but then I hear the comparison to Nick Vanette and I'm like, Ugh, if you took that, that tight end in round two and the, the comp is Nick Vanette, then I lose a little, luster on it but i think they actually did a good job smitty i can't knock taking the best running back probably in this draft and trying to make it work well and that's my conversation with uh, a, a guy from back home you know he was really high on harris and i you know and again i like harris i mean i've heard you know again a guy living in a shelter homeless shelter that's where he had his draft party yeah. I mean, and then I heard a story a couple of weeks ago that he was he wasn't going to work out on the pro day for Alabama, and he was flying there to support his teammates. The plane, you know, they canceled the flight. What's most people do? Well, you just go home and say, "Well, I can't go." My plane. No, he rented a car and drove eight hours through yeah. the night to support yeah. his teammates. We're getting a great kid here. There's no doubt we're getting a great kid. And I've said it for weeks. I'm not losing sleep if we drafted him. I just think you would get Sermon out of, like Shane said, out of Oklahoma State or uh, out of Ohio State. I think you could have went there, and that's fine. And, you know, again, I said he ran through like some – I listen, if I was running behind that offensive line, I probably could have had a couple hundred-yard games in college for, you know, for Alabama. So we'll have to see. Their line was better than Pittsburgh, but I, I agree with Matt there. I mean, very good back. The tight end for Penn State – Dr. Brandt, I mean, I think he was trying to sell that like, man, that was like his son or something to us on the, I loved everything <laughs> of it. I think he, you know, big guy can run block. That's, that's key. I like it. And a lot of people are saying he's kind of like maybe Heath Miller a little bit can catch, can block. So, cause Eric Ebron can't block and he can't really catch. So we kind of need that. I think they did. Okay. I mean, I agree. When they started going and getting the, like the kid out of Illinois that's going to play center, 
and you read some things on him. Then the kid out of Texas A&M, Shane, I know, was extremely high on him. And I think he then came out and said the Steelers, that was a steal. So I'm fine. I'm fine. I didn't lose sleep. I'm I'm moving on. I like Harris. I'm going to support him. I'm so it's it's okay by me. They hit. I mean, I think they did okay too. I mean, they got the linebacker out of Texas A and M too. I heard some good things about. I heard one today, and I I should have wrote it down that they signed a free agent, a kid that did not get drafted. I think he's in the secondary, and somebody had him at a very high grade, and they said they cannot believe that he went undrafted. I don't know why. They said the Steelers that might have been one of their best picks, and he was a free agent. I can't remember who he is. I wish I would have. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, secure. I can't remember his last name. He's a Michigan State cornerback, uh, and uh, he's the guy who. Yeah, I just actually looked, and he was a top fifty guy on a couple of these boards who fell all the way through. So obviously, it must be a medical thing with him. Well, I know he's a little undersized, and they think he might be a little slow. But um, yeah, he obviously rated pretty well. Um, no, I think the Steelers' third day was excellent because uh, they got Roche, who was a guy who just like we're talking about fell uh, edge guy. And like they address needs. They got a huge guy out of Wisconsin to be a 3-4 end, and uh, that's been an issue because they've had Hayward into it, but they usually haven't had him together except for last season. Um, and then they got, you know, they got the punter, which <laughs> you know, I can't wait to see. You got you got to love a 5'11", 260-pound punter. They said uh, – I'll have to tape, but I, I know a couple people on Twitter said he's our – they said he crushes the ball. I mean, hey, punters are big to flip the field. And a seven, I mean, really, who cares? I mean, why not take if somebody has a big leg, take a chance. Who cares? What's especially this year, there were so few uh, undrafted free agents that I'm sure it was really competitive to actually sign those guys. So if you needed something, you were going to draft them. But Fryerbooth, the, the comparison to Vanette's a little unfair because Vanette was a blocking guy at Ohio State. He was in line and he was basically a sixth, you know, the sixth offensive lineman for that team. Fryerbooth was the focus of the offense the last two years. And, you know, I mean, he was the guy they game plan to stop, and he still put up really good numbers. Um, so I, I think he's more athletic than he's getting credit for, and I think he's a good fit with the system. Now, he's going to have to learn how to block uh, next to the tackle because Penn State had him kind of like as a wing back and like a H back a lot, and he used to have to kind of do those blocks where you get to like kind of reach the defensive end. So he's going to have to handle somebody like straight up. But uh, no, it's, it's, you know, they didn't dress the things in the order that we thought, but I actually think they did a really good job, especially on the third day of getting guys who are going to contribute. Yeah, I, I can't I, complain. I was happy. I wasn't that bad. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I, Jason, you said it so well right there that, you know, it wasn't in the, like maybe the picks that I thought, but they hit on everything they needed. And I think the yeah. whole, I think the whole division and Matt, I mean, I'd like to hear your opinion on this. I think that whole division did pretty well. Drafting. Uh, I, I completely agree. I think the Browns nailed it. I think the Ravens addressed all of their needs. Uh, so when we go to picks I loathe, you might be surprised what I say about the Bengals, although it's 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 not bad. Um, I, I just think they should have went sl a slightly different direction. But real quick, touching on the uh, free agents the Steelers got. So here's a list. They have three Steelers undrafted free agents who are likely to make the roster, and it's uh, Mark Gilbert, cornerback from Duke, Isaiah McCoy, the wide receiver from Kent State, and then that Shakur Brown from Michigan State, who they say is the bargain of all bargains here. So uh, I, something had to happen 
for him to not yeah. get drafted if he's that good. I don't know if it's a personal or a injury, but it, man, that's if that pans out and they they can address corner through undrafted free agents, that's a steal. Maddie, did you see they also brought in uh, Rivers at a slippery rock, the quarterback? I did. Yeah, that was all uh, all over Twitter. Yeah. Oh, hey, I hope he does. I hope he goes up there and does something and can catch on. Somewhere. Hey, if he if he can make the practice squad somewhere, I think that's uh, alone is a, a I mean, amazing achievement. Hey, great. I mean, I think he won. If I'm correct, he won the Division Two Heisman, I believe, like yeah. two years ago. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah, out of slippery rock. So, I mean, a great what program. They- what that kid should do is he should kind of uh, make himself into the mold of a guy like Matthew Slater who can just play special teams and actually get five-year contracts out of it. I mean, he's, he's athletic enough. I don't, I don't know if he has the mindset to do it, but yeah. All right. So let's go special teams. Yeah. Let's go with uh, three picks. We've loathed then Uh, I'll fire off real quick again. So uh, of course, for me is the Raiders with their typical reach and Alex Leatherwood with other guys on the board like Darisol. My second one might, it's going to be the saints with Peyton Turner. I, I think they passed on some better options and guys like uh, Russo and OF from Penn state. And then my last one might really surprise you, but I'm going to put the Bengals on there because I know Jamar Chase is probably the best wide receiver in this draft on paper right now. And he gets to have Burrow throw to him. But I want my guy who's already missed half of a season to be protected. And I still would have taken Panay Sewell and then got a different guy later in the end of the first, even come back up or at the beginning of the second when they drafted again and take a Rondell Moore or uh, Elijah Moore. I know it's a slot guy, but I want my I want my investment to be upright, and and they need it. I mean, if if they lose him again, that team's just they're a four and twelve team if they lose Burrow again. Yeah, no, there's no question that had to be the hardest decision I think between those two, and there had to be some a lot of discussion because they had to feel like that they were going to be there um, if things broke the way they did, and that was a pretty likely scenario that it was. So I mean, it's the one thing with Sewell that I've heard that people probably don't like is that he's got short arms, which is insane to think of a guy six five three thirty with short arms, but NFL guys, they really want their tackles to be, you know, have those long arms because they don't want the defenders getting into them. That's the only thing I can defend that pick. Um, but, you know, even if he's in a tackle, he's clearly going to be a very good guard. So he's going to be a guy who's always talked about pro bowl stuff. Well, see Slater himself has very short arms though, too. I think his arms were actually shorter than Sewell's. So yeah, I, I was a bigger that, body. Yeah, uh, I, I, th- I think I mean, it's not that they made the wrong pick in no way, shape or form did they make the wrong pick taking Jamar Chase and they back. They, they filled all their other needs going forward. I really like what they did. I, like Smitty said earlier, I think this division killed the draft. I, I really do. Yeah, I kind of agree with, yeah, you know, the I, Raiders, I think Leatherwood was and I think he's going to be good. It was just a stretch yeah. that. But I thought that was weird. I didn't know much about the Saints guy. It seems like a lot of people thought that was a little strange. I kind of agree. I mean, Maddie, I mean, I agree with about everything you just said. We we were, you know, I think for weeks now talking draft. And I had Chase in my first mock to go there just because I'm like, the quarterback's going to win out. 
He's going to come in and say, I want my guy that I threw the ball to at LSU. That's who I want. But I, I, you know, I agree with you and I disagree with Joe Burrow if he said that because you have a big scar on your, your knee now for a reason. Nobody can block for you. And you could have got a stud there that would have kept you upright. And I think they could have added some weapons and they already have some weapons. So, I mean, he got his guy. We'll have to see. I mean, if he, like you said, if he goes out, good luck. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to be good. And one, one knee injury. And then if you get hurt again, I mean, it will add up pretty quick to for you in your career and he won't be in the league very long, but um, I thought they went in the wrong direction there, but, but, but that's, I mean, you know, that's, I, I, you know, I, it's so hard. I mean, it's going to be three to five years to see what happens here with some of these, uh, you know, if it was a good draft or if it wasn't a good draft and things like that. So. Yeah. I can really evaluate is, did they play it right? Right. You know what I mean? Like, did they, they take guys where they should have, like the Raiders didn't, or did they, you know, move the draft well, like the Vikings did. Uh, a guy I don't like was Tony, uh, the wide receiver for the Giants. I, I thought that was a huge reach, and it almost looked like Gettleman regretted trading back. <laughs> and they kind of—I think I forget who went in front of them—a wide receiver that they did like, or they—I think maybe the Eagles took uh, Devonta Smith off the board. Yeah. But um, you know, I didn't think the Giants really needed a wide receiver, especially that type of wide receiver, given there's you know some of the other needs that they have. Like that defense could use a lot of improvement. You still had Caleb Farley out there uh, available. They could have upgraded Edge as well, which was a big need for them coming in. And uh, you sit there and you take a, a kick returner, punt returner, slot guy. When you have some offensive weapons on the outside and you have Saquon coming back this year, it just kind of seemed like um, redundancy when you could have addressed some other needs. Yeah, so the Eagles jumped up to 10 right before them. Interesting, too, because uh, it, it those three, the Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, all in a row there. And lo and behold, Eagles, Cowboys strike a deal, which – Definitely helped the Eagles. I think it definitely helped the Cowboys. And then, like you said, Gettleman kind of seemed to be like in no man's land when that pick came up. Like, hey, where are we going here? Uh, we, we just lost Jalen Phillips, come off the board of rusher. Uh, we lost a wide receiver. Now we we can do take a little bit of a reach, and they did. I I, I mean, I, my opinion, they could have drafted Darisol too, who was my shock of the night that he slipped so far. And I think, I, you know, we talked about that. I, I said O-line. I mean, they're O-line. And I think they said on the, sh- like, on the draft show, like, oh, they, they have people. They've been drafting people on the O-line. Well, they well I don't care if you have been drafting draft, like, O-line. They're not very good. <laughs> I mean, they haven't been very good. I, I agree with Jason. I was shocked. I, I, I think they have a lot of weapons already. And I forgot they they brought in what's his name out of Detroit that wide receiver yeah. um, Galladay. Galladay. Yeah, Galladay. I'm like, so really, you're going there? I thought that was a head scratcher. You know what I thought? I think one that was a little, I don't want to say weird because that's going to go to another point. I'm going to say is ETM going right to Jacksonville then. Great segue. I was just going to say, what, what do we make of that? And what I mean, didn't you guys think it's like okay, so you have Burrow getting his guy at LSU. Now you have <coughs> Waddle, excuse me, Waddle going to, it was like all the college hookups went back. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's kind of a little, I don't want to say maybe new, but it was kind of like, I like these guys. I played with these guys. This is who I want on my team. All right. Let's, let's play a little hype. Yeah. Go, go ahead. ahead. The only thing I can make of it with Antiano is that um, they watched the film from last year, the Jags 
And I know everyone was excited about the uh, the free agent that they found out, Robinson, I think, uh, who gained 1,000 yards. Maybe they saw the blocking on those runs and said, well, if we had a better back, he would have 1,500 yards. You know? Yeah. Um, and it's just one of those deals where you're kind of managing the situation right now. I call them a third down back because it really wasn't an area of need for them. And they've got no. plenty of needs. They've had plenty of needs for a long time. So they must have liked what they saw. They must have thought that he can make our offense better just because of that speed and the breakaway ability, which we don't have right now. Because, uh, you know, the two backs they do have are plotters. And uh, so now they kind of have a little bit of an explosiveness coming out of that. The wide receivers there are pretty good, um, I think. Underrated. I agree. I mean, fantasy guys know that this offense could break out if they can actually get the ball downfield to these guys. But uh, that's the only thing I can see there is that for Urban, Urban's being political right now and kind of managing the situation from a locker room perspective. I, there's no doubt that NTN's going to be the starter. Uh, it's not going to be a third down role. Uh, it's going to be once he figures out the offense and the protections, he'll be out there three downs. All right, let's kind of spin this into some uh, hypothetical betting here. So, we, we obviously covered how good the AFC North did on uh, their draft. So if we were to give – if I were to give each of you $100 right now, who would you bet to win the division? Because I think in my, in my mind, I, I think – Everybody improved. I don't think the Bengals are going to. I originally thought, hey, the Steelers might have a down year. This might be Tomlin's first losing season. And now I'm gonna I'm gonna change my ways. Uh, I see them holding their own again. I think they're gonna be okay going forward. I think the Ravens improved. I think the Browns actually improved. If if I were to go online and see some odds, I would put my hundred dollars right now on the Cleveland Browns. It yeah, is I, I agree. Uh, I, I I said that. I, I mean, I wrote, I text my sister and I said, I think Cleveland's just because I thought Cle- I really like Newsom going there in the first round. I, I think Cleveland's going to be tough. And, you know, I agree, Matt. I The Steelers, like, schedule is going to be really tough. And it, again, it goes how much Ben can, can take it this year. And again, I, I think they did all right in the draft. And I don't think I was kind of maybe harder on them a couple weeks ago. I'm now I'm feeling a little better off to see because they got a lot of weapons. They have a lot of weapons on that offense. But I, I think Cleveland, I really like Cleveland. I think Cleveland's gonna be really good. So let's put the odds to this. So you have the Ravens at plus one twenty, you have the Browns at plus one fifty, and you have the Steelers at plus four hundred with the Bengals at plus two thousand. So when you does that change the decision at all? Would you get the price on the Steelers at four to one? I would throw it's something no down team. on. I would throw something down on the Steelers. Why not? I mean, that's your. It's my team. I mean, why wouldn't you? <laughs> I, I sit there every Sunday, and I cheer for them, or I scream at the TV and say I can't stand them. So I mean, it's one of the. But I mean, having a little money on it, absolutely at those odds, absolutely I would. I still think Cleveland, but can I split my hundred dollars and put some on no. Cleveland? <laughs> no, that thing's staying man tight. Uh, so wait so cleveland has the what second place schedule or the third place schedule i think that's gonna be a big factor in this because the steelers played the first place schedule right yes yeah so that's gonna be the hardest uh of the three i think the browns i think the browns do have the second and i think the ravens fought fell to the third so then i would probably take the ravens that's probably where the odds are where they are uh plus 120s because i think that's gonna be a much easier route than uh what the steelers and browns are gonna have to go through i'd keep mine on the browns and here's another reason why um 
you remember on our text string we were talking about the uh, guy from Florida State who went undrafted, Marvin Wilson? Yes. They signed him to one of the richest undrafted free agent contracts ever I read today. I, I believe he's already getting a like a $35,000 signing bonus and maybe going to make like two hundred grand right out of the gate, maybe with even more bonuses. And then they brought in Malik uh, Malik uh, Jackson, is yeah. it? The old yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sparty guy from the Seahawks who was out of the league, and now he's back. They're giving him a shot. If they get him and this uh, undrafted free agent Wilson kid on that D-line together and have a rotation, I, man, with Garrett, Clowney, and um, th their back end, they get back Greedy Williams. I, I think their defense can be top five. Actually, that division with the Ravens D and the Steelers D, uh, the, the black and blue division is now the AFC North. Yeah, there's no question. Uh, they're deep at defensive tackle now, which was a weakness before. And uh, I'm trying to remember who they get. I get. They get Andrew Billings from Cincinnati, too. It was a COVID opt-out last year. So they, they have a huge rotation up front. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and they added defensive backs. They're gonna be, it's going to be interesting because the one thing about the Browns you have to remember is they played all those awful weather games last year where they were complete crapshoots. And uh, it kind of really helped them get their feet underneath them where they kind of took that momentum through the rest of the year. It'll be interesting now that they're kind of, you know, people won't underestimate them this year to see how they handle that, uh, kind of having a target on their chest for the first time in, what, 20, 25 years. All right, let's roll. Um, so I wanted to actually talk about my Washington football team again. And I really – I like what they did in their draft. I'm a, I'm a big fan. But, again, this is a, a team that I would have flip-flop picks for. I would have taken Darisol in round one. And then I know this Yamin Davis is supposedly the bee's knees. He's only really started one year, which worries me, but he gets to play behind one of the best defensive lines in football, which is going to open it up. And I'm going to go somewhere with this, but I would love to see them take Darisol and then either Nick Bolton or uh, the kid from Notre Dame, Coromora, in round two. And it, and it basically addressed the same needs. But they hit – they brought in Flowers, and they, they got Cosme, who I really do like, and he has the long arms. I don't know if he's quite good enough to play left tackle, so it's going to be an issue. We're going to find out right away, I guess, though. So if we had this uh, mythical $100 again and we had to pick a defensive rookie of the year, uh, on this draft, who would you guys throw a little money on? I I actually am going to have uh, you guys and Dr. Brent and everybody see if you can find me a Yamin Davis rookie of the year because I think he can he can pop off and, and nab over 100 tackles behind that stellar D-line. And, if, you know, you never know. If he throws in three, four sacks and maybe two, three picks, a couple fumble recoveries, I don't see anybody stand out or blow me away on this defensive draft. So I think it's kind of wide open. Yeah, actually I was, I was looking at this before we came on and I think he's the third favorite for defensive rookie of the year right now wow, because of that. Yeah. It is pretty high, but it's just like you said though, he's in a great situation. He's going to make all the tackles behind a really good defensive line. And um, you know, there are no standouts and a lot of the guys, yeah, he is plus 900 at Barstool right now, which is the third favorite behind Jalen Phillips and Micah Parsons. Um, wow. So, yeah, I, I was a little surprised at that, but it is a great fit. And you could have put anyone there. I think if you put Parsons on the Redskins there, he's probably, you know, even cheaper than plus 400. He's probably like plus 200 just because of uh, adding the bodies. So um, is Parsons the favorite? 
he is the favorite right now. And uh, Jalen Phillips is second at plus 700. So looking at this, the only thing I would think of is you want stats, right? You know, it's going to be harder for a guy like Davis, who's probably not going to be too flashy other than tackles. Like, I think you're looking for sacks or interceptions to kind of drive this. So uh, if you gave me the $100, I probably would put it either on Sertain or Horn because um, I think they're going to be starters right away in both situations, and they're going to get some picks. They're both man-to-man guys. Uh, could be interesting there. Um, and you're getting plus 1,200 on Sertain. You're getting plus 1,500 on Horn. So I think those are pretty good values. I was going to say Phillips out of Miami. So, I mean, I, I didn't know, like, the order there, so – I'm glad. I mean, second, decent odds. That's who I was going to go with. Good team, pretty good defense. If he starts, can get some sacks. I'll, I'll, I'd roll the dice on him. Uh, a guy I might potentially look at is going to be a round two guy, though, as well. Um, I like the safety that actually went to the Raiders, the uh, Trayvon Mooring. I, I just don't know what the Raiders are doing because they drafted him and another safety, and they also have – uh, the young kid, I believe it's Simmons on their their back end right now. So I don't know what Gruden's trying to accomplish there with uh, an abundance of safeties. Otherwise, unless they're just going to option those guys out after their five years. Well, I think they're going to look to more of a four-two kind of look, uh, three safeties. Whenever you know you're playing in that division with the Chiefs, so you kind of always got to be ready for that passing attack. And Morrig came from TCU; they basically invented that defense. 10 years ago. So uh, he's a good fit that way. So he's going to be one of those guys who kind of goes back and forth between playing the deep hash and then coming up to stop the run. So, but uh, I think it's a good pick because he's going to get two national games against the chiefs. And if he does anything in those games, he's going to get some eyeballs. Yeah. It's worth a flyer potentially depending on what our odds is. I also like the kid from Notre Dame, the Owusu Koromora. He, he basically walks into the same scenario as Yamin Davis behind that killer O line or D line in Cleveland. So he might be a little fun flyer as well. Was so was there health reasons with him? Did I hear that? They correctly? Did yes, they, they, they found a flaw on his heart or something. Okay. Like that. That's, that's okay. Yeah. Because it was who, um, was that Q that was saying how we didn't have him in our mock last week in the first <laughs> round? And we look like geniuses because he didn't. Know <laughs> Maybe we know what? what we're talking about here. So. I think he's tough to project, though, because he's only 215 pounds. So you yep. really have to have the right scheme. You can't just really call him a linebacker in the NFL because he'll just get crushed in a 4-3. So any of those kind of more uh, spread out defenses, he fits way better in. And I think Cleveland will, will fit well there because they do have a good big D line and he can play kind of that half safety, half linebacker role. And I'll tell you a steal, and I'm going to bring up, and I'm going to kind of steal it off Shane just because with having him on for two weeks, he talked about him, and I'm not trying to be a Michigan guy here, but, man, I think the Texans did great getting Nico Collins. And I know Shane, again, was on Twitter tonight, talk, and some other people were too, and he was talking back and forth with them. Nico Collins is really, really good. And that was a when he opted out of Michigan last year, I was like, oh, because he was really turning on. I think Nico Collins is going to be a really good player for uh, the Texans there. And, um I think that was a really good steal of the – I think – I can't remember where, where they got him because it's like Texans had, what, like one pick or two picks or something. They had like no pick in the draft. Smitty, I'm going to give you a little bit of a whoa, pull the reins, though. Who's who's going to throw him the ball? Well, you hope. It might, it might, it might be you Tyler Yates. 
You hope? Why? Yeah, it might be Tyler Yates. It'll be Tyrod Taylor. That's his good throw in the ball. Oh. <laughs> Check down Tyrod. Uh, Smitty, he he went uh, pick eighty nine, number three or third round to the okay. to the yeah. Texans. Good pick. Yeah. And Matt, go, great go, pick. Back, go back to your team, Washington. I think they did. I think they really had a nice draft too. I think they did a good. I draft. do too. I, I think they really finally Snyder is finally I think taking a back seat a little bit, and he put people in position to make decisions, and they're making the right decisions, and they have a good head coach now, and they're listening to the right people, and he's not making all the decisions now. And I think they're – I, I think wasn't that- a huge fan. I was not a huge fan of their third round. Um, they drafted the save, the corner from Minnesota who has loads of potential, but is uh, he's one of those they everybody points to the hips. He's not the hips guy. And Diami Di- Brown – from the wide receiver it's i just don't think receiver was a need i get bringing him in. he can return kicks he can he can help but they're gonna have a tough decision there's gonna be some teams salivating over some guys that the, the uh washington football team are gonna cut yeah they were down on the show i listened to the junkies down here every morning before i go to work they were talking about that wide receiver today and they you know a guy they had on i can't remember who it was he was he's like one of the writers for espn that covers the the Washington and he really liked him. I mean, he, he said he's a good player and they're, he's going to be really good because again, you know, could go in, you know, again, Humphreys, we talked about one year deal should probably shouldn't be, you know, probably won't be there after one year, but I think Washington, but I think that's a division too. That's going to be really, really good this year. I think that's, I think Dallas will be back. Um, I think the giants will get slightly better. I think that, but again, Washington—they're finally doing the right things. They have, I think, people are listening to the right people now. I was a little disappointed they didn't get a quarterback, uh, Mills or Mond, even even though I'm not huge fans of either. But I think they could have used one. But they have time. They got they got plenty of time to rework stuff, and it's we're gonna kind of lean towards that coming up here in a second. So, real quick, who do you think was happier in the draft? Was it Dr. Brent with the tight end going to Pittsburgh or was it Kyle Trask going to Tampa and Q? <laughs> Who do you think was, I mean, you talk about like a dad moment with the sun getting drafted. Q was making him an old, an all pro before. <laughs> I, I, I'm actually going to lead Dr. Brent just because you know, he put that he's, he's got a Jersey. As soon as you get Friar Moose number, it's Dr. Brent's already got it all ordered. And and he called that. He he texted all of us and that they were coming up and he was like, that's who he's going to take. And I'm like, they're not drafting a tight end in that pick. And guess what they did? They took him. And I heard they that they had they had him as a first round grade. The Steelers. So but Dr. Brent, that must have been Dr. Brent's write up, and he sent it to Tomlin, and Tomlin just took it and read it. <laughs> And just believe in Dr. Well, I think, well, Q missed my dig at Trask that he has great experience sitting behind good quarterbacks, and that's the reason why they took him in that position because he, what, he was behind Derek King in high school, didn't play, and then Zappel had Felipe Franks for three years in Florida, and now he's behind maybe uh, I can't say it because I'm a Steelers fan, but uh, a really, really, really good quarterback in Tom yeah. Brady. Uh, 
So yeah, I mean, no one, no one has better experience hit behind good guys than Kyle I think Bass. I, so this is a perfect situation. I think I said that he's going to be like Love at Green Bay. Now we're going to get into that, but I mean, maybe like Love at Green Bay. That's going to sit there his whole rookie con because Brady said he's going to play for like another five years. So, well, pretty sweet since you brought it up, Smitty. Let's let's get into it because we got about fifteen minutes to go, and we all know we could probably talk about this for an hour coming up. So. <laughs> Let's 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 do the discount double check. Here it comes a rod. What in the world is going on? That that was almost a bombshell before the draft. Almost. Hey, what is going on? Is this guy going to get moved? And I watched some Good Morning Football this morning, and they made some amazing points. I forget who was on. I want to say it may have been ESPN at the time. And Marcus Spears said, "This is already a done deal. He is." not playing for the Green Bay Packers. Either he has to sit out or he's going to force a trade or he's just going to retire and go to Jeopardy. He said, this is done. He said, they have to move on to Jordan Love. There's no way this can be fixed. He said this was done probably at the end of last year, the way it ended. And for some reason, I guess, this Jake Kumaro getting released or cut set Rodgers off even more. And then they didn't give him any more weapons again. I'm I'm dumbfounded yet. I'm a kind of ecstatic to see. Hey, can the Washington Football Team or even somebody like the Raiders pull off a coup here and immediately jump into the upper stratosphere of the NFL? It's you have to think that it's more than just those two teams uh, that the Raiders and the Broncos are the ones that have been mentioned, right? It, it, yep. Aaron Rodgers is too easy of a fix for so many teams that you have to think that there's other, there's other people knocking, but the Packers can't trade them because it, it, it's just going to, they would have to get so much back just because they have to answer all those questions. of what are you doing? You know, I mean, you look at the last couple drafts, they don't make sense. Jordan Love, there's nothing good coming out of Green Bay. There's like no one sitting there saying, "Oh, he just needs to, you know, take over the reins whenever Aaron's done." People were really disappointed with his like practices and stuff last year, yeah. where they didn't think he could throw the ball and complete it. Like he looks like a complete bust of a pick at this point. So, I don't know what you can give up unless you know the, to get him to make this all work. But I, I, I don't believe that it's a done deal. I, I don't think that it's that far gone. I think that's just ESPN, you know, getting the, the content wheel going now. They're kind of in the gap set, uh, area where the draft's over and it's just baseball. Um, but it needs to get fixed. I, I just think Rodgers doesn't like uh, uh, LaFleur. I just think it's that simple. I think he put up with them last year. Things were going good. Actually, two years in a row now where things have gone well until the playoffs. And then, you know, the head scratcher decision with the field goal last year, I think that just kind of like ripped the bandaid off all the wounds and it's like, it's back open again. And he, you know, he's got a fiance who lives on the West coast, <laughs> you know, you're 38 years old. You've pretty much, you've been to a super bowl. You've done a lot of stuff. You've got your jeopardy career sitting, waiting for you to retire, get out to the West coast, make it easier on everybody. And it sounds like jeopardy loves him, and he loves yeah. jeopardy. So you know, he's a different Kit Kat. There's no doubt. You've heard a lot of things about how he doesn't really, you know, I don't know. Now that was years ago about talking to his parents. Like he quit talking to his parents, his brother. Like he just kind of, cause he was dating that one actress and I guess they didn't like her. And it was kind of like, he picked her and not his family and he disappeared a little bit. And you know, the funny thing I thought was all the rumors saying 
He's going to Pittsburgh. And I'm again, I'm sitting there reading these and I'm like, they have 26 quarterbacks on the roster. Like, you can't take another, like, who are they getting? Like, they're not getting Aaron Rodgers. These people, it's so funny some of the stuff you read in a day. But I, it, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's that was, man, did that make it interesting on Thursday night when that started breaking? You were just like, man, is someone that's going to trade? And I mean, it, there was a rumor that San Francisco really offered a ton. And they they turned it down, so it will be. So here's a. I'm gonna spin it a little differently because I actually thought of this the other day, and I was like, well, how can they fix this? And and, and you know, Rogers wants the weapons, and and that team can contend. I mean, they're the division favorites, even though that division is pretty solid again. And I think the Lions may actually have their arrow flipped over finally a little bit with some new leadership. What if Green Bay traded? for Julio Jones, who was mentioned to be on the block and gave him the two of the best wide receivers possibly in football, sacrifice some draft picks, give Atlanta what they want. And it's a win-win-win. I mean, that gives you Julio, Devontae Adams, Tanyan, Aaron Jones, Dylan. He's got a good old line. You're telling me that, that, that might not sweeten the pot a little bit? I think, I, yeah. I mean, I, why wouldn't you? I mean, you're going to be sitting there saying, man, I got Devontae Adams and I got Julio Jones, and they should have their chips all in because Aaron Rodgers is unbelievable. If you're going to win a Super Bowl, it's coming up. I'm sorry, Jordan Love, you're, you're taking a back seat then. And again, Jordan Love was a good, not a bad college football player, but he's been sitting on the bench for, is he ready to, I mean, to go or? Yeah. Um... I mean, I've I've said that with Pittsburgh all the time. I'm like, your chip. It's like playing poker. All your chips have to be right in the center there because this is the year. Everyone, you know, you add another year. You add another year to your body getting hit and doing all this and age. And this is when you have to do it. I think Green Bay's in it, but I don't know, man. I I heard Matt so many stories about the GM flying out there, the coach flew out there, other people have flown out to try to talk to him. It doesn't sound good. I agree, man. I, I, I'm I'm kind of shocked that it's gotten this far and gotten this bad. I guess they say when it's this quiet for so long that it's not good. You actually would rather be hearing stuff about it. Now we finally do hear about it, and we find out how bad it potentially is. But, I, I mean, instead of – like Kaminsky said, instead of jumping ship and saying it's a done deal, why not go make a splash for the guy? Say, here you go. Here's our shot. Here's our three-year window. What can you do with it? Then you can ride off. Uh, Je- the Jeopardy deal isn't going to go anywhere. What are they going to do? Get Dr. Oz? <laughs> Pat Sajak. Just put him on double dip there. So, Ugh. and you know, here's the thing too. It's so crazy with these quarterbacks because you had Russell Wilson. You have, you know, you have Deshaun Watson situation. Now Aaron Rod. It's like, man, these superstar quarterbacks are just all of a sudden. It, it's like a soap opera. And it's it's great well, TV. I mean, it's great TV. Well, they, they have huge contracts, and you can't win a Super Bowl without one. So they have so much leverage on all these conversations that, and I think that's what mostly what this is about is they just want to see the table. Like, you know, they want to be I don't want to call it assistant GM, but they want to have input on these decisions, especially when they get up to you know in their 30s and mid 30s, uh, because they know they only have a few years left, and you know maybe they're not real happy with the way that teams are constructed. I, you know. When Wilson pulled his stuff earlier in the spring, you know, you can point the fingers back at Russ and say, hey, you kind of hold on to the ball a little bit here. Uh, you know, your line 
didn't measure out statistically as bad as you would think it did last year. And, you know, kind of it turned on him after a while. Aaron Rodgers, you can't question because you've seen what he's done. He's, you know, offense doesn't really even suit him the last two years. And he's taken them to the AFC, NFC championship game both years. It's like, you know, he's going to fix anything. Like he won't go to the Niners because the Packers aren't going to go build a rival that they can't beat. So it's going to have to be an AFC team. Um, so it's going to be Vegas or Denver or whoever figures out a way to get into the mix. I mean, um, I know the Chargers are unlikely because you already have the young quarterback in Herbert, but, uh, you know, that team doesn't exist. <laughs> like it has no profile in Los Angeles. And you have a guy who wants to be in Los Angeles. And granted, you're trading like 10 years for three, but the Chargers have done stupider things. They traded a great market in San Diego for L.A. I mean, <laughs> it would put them on the map they would fill up that stadium which they're not doing like it would make a lot of sense in green bay if they you get offered justin herbert how do you say no <laughs> that, yep. that's i mean the chargers have enough pieces they should be saying hey what about us you know we're not in your conference we want the high profile guy we want to kind of put ourselves back on the map and you know you get that whole la market activated that's going to open so much money up and that's going to make it a way more enticing place to go to than it is right now i don't think a lot of players like going to LA with that current ownership. I don't think they don't have a good reputation. They have a horrible reputation with their medical staff, kind of a way to turn it all around. I know it's a, it's a dark horse team. No one's talked about, but boy, if I was in that room, I'd be pounding on the desk and saying we should really be going after this guy. I might be adult for saying it, but Rogers to Denver to me makes no sense. I, I don't think that team can, can, can get to, where he wants to go. Uh, Von Miller's old. They just lost their left tackle today. Uh, Jim, what is it? Juwan Jones? Juwan James. Yeah. Uh, he blew out his Achilles. That leaves him thin on the O-line already. But they do have a good O-line. I don't know if they addressed it during the draft. I didn't I didn't dig into that. Uh, they're good on the back end. They do have young wide receivers. But is, can Rodgers elevate all those guys and make it a, a Super Bowl team? The Raiders are intriguing because you put them with – I mean, that would be great TV, Rodgers with uh, Chucky. And, and in Vegas, is, I mean, they're going to sell out every game no matter what. So the, the yeah. media will be there. And that's a but, quick flight to California. Uh, yeah, it really is. The 45-minute flight down to Inglewood. Yeah, so I, I, that's when we were talking. I was sitting here. I'm like, man, it just makes sense for the, the Raiders. Yep. I can just see that happening. Yeah, it's another franchise that could use a little shot in the arm or they could use some high profile guys because you look at that roster and there's no one really that jumps out as a, anybody, you know, top NFL guy. It's no, because when, when they moved there, the, the guy that they were trying to market on everything was Antonio Brown. Yeah. And that didn't work <laughs> out. And that's the slot that, receiver for Tampa Bay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't work out. So that's the guy you – and, again, you know, you played there last year, really no no fans there. Now if you can get fans in there, who's the marketing? Who's going to get the tickets going? And like you said, I mean, that that city, I mean, that's that's a buzz. That's a buzz every night. So that 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 makes sense to me. I think it would be – I think it would be the Raiders. So guess what? We have a perfect final segue here because Rodgers went to the Kentucky Derby. So we're going to touch the Kentucky Derby. I don't know if you guys saw that he was actually wearing a name tag at the Kentucky Derby, and it said Turd Ferguson. <laughs> and I give him props for it, for doing it and having a great time. So I know he's, Smitty uh, Love. 
Is it his fiance? Man, she's taking heat because I guess she's an activist for stuff. I don't know who she is. I didn't even know he was engaged personally because <laughs> I, I don't really I don't really follow Aaron Rodgers' love life because I I mean last time I knew he was dating Danica Patrick and then I knew they broke up and now I think he's engaged. What I heard, is yeah, that correct? Yeah, okay. he is. yeah. But I guess for she's all taking, of her, for, I guess she's taking, I guess she's taking some heat because some animal people didn't like her being there and you know blah 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 and all that so for our 53 listeners or whatever it is (laughs) nowadays smitty smitty only eats drinks and sleeps a few things celebrities isn't one of them but the pittsburgh pirates are one of them and so are the ponies buddy we 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 were close this weekend yeah it was close close um what's i keep forgetting that name that horse uh who got second again mandaloon mandaloon that's right so i did i did a couple bets and i i put it out on the twitter handle for us i did rock your world which was just a disaster wasn't good and trackside you know one of our guys that gives us a lot of info and gives me a lot of info said with rosario on it it wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna be good i i still went with it and it wasn't good so i should have listened to him because he knows a lot more than i do on the ponies um, but I just thought it was going to rebound. It didn't run well in the, the prep race to get there. I think it was the Louisiana Derby and it was the heavy favorite. I took a chance, threw a little bit of money on it. It was 26 to one, got second. Dina Spirit, man, I, I just, I didn't, I didn't see it, but it's a Bafford horse. So, and I'm not going to get into some, what we have said, but Bafford's a little shady, I think. So, uh, but congrats to that horse. And, you know, it was it a great race. I said my name, you know, old man in the garage, put some money on it. I think he did hit a little, little bet on one. I can't remember which one he hit there. Hot Rod Charlie. I know Maddie was on that one. My daughter, my, my oldest daughter really liked that one too. And she's money on the horses too. So I thought Hot Rod Charlie ran pretty well. I didn't think Hot Rod Charlie was a, a bad race there for it, but there, it was like four to about four horses that really had a shot. I thought some just didn't run very well. So uh, for everybody listening, I actually picked the winner. I had Medina Spirit. I had Hot Rod Charlie. And then I went with Smitty's pick. And I wish I would have done a little more deeper dig, like he just said, from trackside. I had uh, I had Rock Your World in there as well, which ruined my um, box trifecta. And uh, the horse that I really did like that was a little bit of a on the back burner and got no buzz. I really did like Essential Quality. And I never put any money on it. He was right there. I actually thought it was a good race. I thought it was a actually a kind of entertaining race. Uh, am I wrong? But wasn't Soup and Sandwich in the lead for three quarters of that race? I I think Soup and Sandwich got last place. I did, but I think he was in the lead for three quarters of it. So he was the rabbit. Yes. Yeah. And there was, and there was a lot, and there was a lot of people that liked that horse. I know old man in the garage liked that, and I listening to some other shows, some other podcasts, and like just predictions. A lot of people liked that like that horse i think looking forward if you can get him on a short track i mean not so much the the preakness or belmont or anything uh even after those races if he's in anything i I mean that's a horse to keep an eye on on a short track well i like the known agenda but it had number one i know trackside's not high on known agenda and he's been talking about on twitter the last couple days i you know when you get that number one spot in the derby i just it's kind of a, I don't care who you are. I don't like that spot. So, I mean, I, I enjoyed the race and we all, I mean, I always do. And 
My daughters weren't around this weekend, so that took a little bit of fun out of it. They were in a gymnastic competition, so I lost having them with me to watch it because we really enjoy watching it. I'm excited for the Preakness, so we'll, we'll get after it and we'll get some bets in and try to win some money, and that's what we try to do. Yeah. Well, I know Jason yeah. and his brother are big horse guys, so I'd like to hear him real quick. Yeah, you know what? It's funny. This is the derby I probably paid the least attention to in a long time. Just had stuff going on, and there was just too many things on the sports calendar to kind of pay attention to. But uh, I, I didn't get to see the replay. Uh, the Medina, Medina Spirit is a great story, and uh, derby seems to always have those kind of stories with it. I mean, this was a $1,000 horse, you know, in a, a sport where these horses get bought for millions of dollars uh, when they're less than a year old. So great story. Um, I'm looking at the Preakness now already, and uh, one thing I did hear this morning is that Essential Quality basically ran 80 feet longer of a race than uh, Madonna Spirit did uh, over the course. And with the Derby, with the 20 horses, you know, you never know what kind of trip you're going to get. That's really what makes it kind of a crapshoot, even with the favorites. Anything, you know, if you don't get the right uh, positioning through that race, you can just get trapped and just never be heard from again. So you really kind of need to watch, I guess, what the, the back half of those races to see how they ran. And uh, I'm looking at it now. Central Quality's five to two favorite at the Preakness with Madonna Spirit going off at seven to two. Um, hoping that price on the Central Quality kind of stays right there. Maybe even you know give a little more ground because I think that seems like that's going to be a horse. You know, Preakness. I don't know what the field will be this time. It's usually ten or less. So usually you know you don't have that issue of getting caught behind the masses. So the speed usually can win out there on a very hard track at uh, Pimlico. As of now, Jason, they have uh, they have twelve in. Well, that's a pretty big field for yeah. Uh, well, 13's King, a max, I think, right? Yeah. King Fury, uh, who was scratched from the Derby, is in the field as of now, so you could essentially see him being scratched. If I, I can't see him running in two weeks, uh, so that would knock it down to 11 already. And there's some quality horses in there. I mean, you got Essential Quality, Medina Spirit, Mandaloon, Concert Tour, Midnight Bourbon. Midnight Bourbon is back in there, and then you have some of the longer shots. And the, although the longer shots are not the 50 to one kind, they're the 20 to one kind, which is uh, due to the smaller field, but that's still a, a decent price. Well, it seems like that happens too. When you see an upset at the Derby, which is, this was a pretty decent upset. 15 to one is a good price for a winner, even though that's kind of been the trend the last couple of years, you know, owners feel like they have a shot. It isn't a situation where, you know, they got blown out of the water and it's like, okay, we're all playing for second place. They think they can win this thing. And I guess Malathot, uh, Billy at one, the, the uh, Oaks is also in the field. Yep. And, uh, Yes, I think sir. I think that's a good trend, isn't it? When someone wins the Oaks or a Philly and then goes into Preakness, they usually fare pretty well. Yeah. Um, so I'll keep eye on that. I think it's a ten to one right now. So kind of keep that on the, you know, definitely with the exotics working her in. And I think and I think concert tour, Matt, if you have it in front of you there, that's a Bafford horse, correct? Yep. Yep. He's nine to one. He's right in the, he's right in the, the thick of it. And that one was going to run in the Derby, and I believe it had a temperature like a week before the Derby, and they yanked it out. So that's yep. that's another one just to keep an eye because I I have heard some good things on that horse. So that's one. Not what did you say nine to one right now? Nine yeah. to one. Yep. Nine to one. That's not a bad one. You know, I kind of man alone again. I I like it. I I think if you watch the Louisiana Derby, I I believe that was the prep race that it was the heavy favorite. It was. It likes to get up in front, and it likes to hang. And it's right there. I really thought it was gonna. It was gonna win that race. I mean, I thought it had a little bit more than Spirit there coming down. It didn't. But that would be another one that I would not. I would 
go right back to the well like I like to do sometimes. But Concert Tour is another one I'm going to take a look at. Midnight uh, Bourbon, I love Mike Smith. Mike Smith's my favorite jockey. Love Mike Smith. Didn't run horrible, but that was another one that I did have a win bet on for the Derby. All right, boys. Um, I think that's going to give us a little wrap tonight. I think we had hit on uh, some great points here with the draft. Everybody listen, give us a look at Notebook Wagering. Again, Smitty's handles at Smitty Bucks. Jason's handles at Jason Kaminsky 34. And I am at, if you follow Matt, hopefully Q will be back. Give him a look as well at Q Mills. And find those winners, guys. Everybody have a great night.